Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, we're going to be putting in at chapter 10 today and finishing up a little bit in chapter 11. McGee was skipping around a little bit <clears throat> today. Uh, we'll hit some of the high points. Um, chapter 10, verse 1, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and passed through the sea and were all baptized in the Moses <clears throat> in the cloud and sea. All ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased and they were overthrown in the wilderness. So he's making the point here that they're all eating the same food. Eating and drinking the same spiritual food that came from the rock. When Moses tapped on the rock and the rock made water come out of the... Made water come out of the rock and they're eating the same spiritual food, the manna from heaven. Everything was the bread of life, the river of living water, all is a metaphor for who Christ is. So we're all eating the same stuff. But some people were um, displeased displeased God because they were desiring um, idols. Their hearts were desiring idols. They had sexual immorality. Uh, there they desired evil, and 23,000 fell in a single day, as it says in verse 8. <clears throat> Other things that displeased uh, God were the grumbling, as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. That was verse 10. Now, these things happened to them as an example. Now, I don't know why things happen and why certain people are examples to other people. <clears throat> but as McGee has said, God made everybody. And it's his plan. He does what he wants. So, again, that's God's plan. So, um, so we come to verse 12. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So he's talking about things that displeased God and idol worship, grumbling, your attitude, your heart is, is uh, you know, the, the, the point here 
and temptation. Flee from temptation. <clears throat> Free from, uh, flee from idols and temptation. Because those things displeased God. And everything comes back to Christ. Uh, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not participation in the body of Christ? Because there's one bread where many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. So then we come to verse 18. Consider the people of Israel are not those who eat the sacrifices, participants in the altar. What do I imply? The food offered to idols is any is anything or that an idol is anything. In other words, the food itself has no meaning. The idol is just a carved image. It has no meaning. It says, no, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. So it's the offering of the food or the offering to the idol that's the problem here. You cannot drink, verse 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? So don't get hung up in false worship or false idols. There's nothing, it's nothing but a clump of, you know, material that they carved the idol of. And the food is nothing but food. That's nothing. But it is that act of worship. You can't worship two things. Verse 23, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. In other words, liberty that you have. You have liberty in Christ, but that liberty is limited by love. So do everything for God's glory. So it's okay to eat what's ever sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. But is if you leave, if you set an example and, and cause somebody else to fall or to trip or to think that that's the only way to do it, you, could, you risk having someone else. Um, disturbed. So you want to set an example to God as best you can in love. Verse 31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So in other words, set a, set a Christ-like example in everything you think and say and do. You have complete liberty to say everything you think and say and do. But just like the, the Jews who displeased God in the wilderness, everybody's supposed to be of one mind and one body. So even though everybody has all this liberty, you still want to be of one mind and one body so that you don't cause someone else to fall. So that many people may be saved through your life. Verse 2 uh, in chapter 11, Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to, uh, to you. 
But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. The head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophecies with his head covers covered dishonors his head. So we're talking about head coverings. The wife, we're going to see, needs to, they're saying cover her head out of respect to the man. The man doesn't need a head covering. Um who prays or prophecies with his head covered. His head needs to be open. But he's talking about the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. It's a very spiritual relationship being mapped out here. And the relationship between a man and a woman is sort of like the relationship between Christ and God. Christ is subservient to God, but is he equal to God but he's at the same time chooses to be subservient to God, just like the woman is completely equal to man, but is there to serve the man in the role of the wife position. So that's where we're going to stop. Today we'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study on this today. Really enjoying going through First Corinthians, such practical information And as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you next time. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to verse 22. So we will see here and in another area, the illustration that will be given to us is the nation Israel. So verse 1 of chapter 10, 1 Corinthians reads, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. So the last thing Paul said, had actually said, was in chapter 9, verse 27, which reads, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So Paul said he didn't want to be disqualified at the judgment seat of Christ. So he wanted to actually receive the reward. So he wanted to preach the gospel, to take it out there and not to um, not do anything about it. And he also didn't want to actually offend his brethren like we had looked at in our study yesterday about the liberty of um, being a Christian. So the, chur- the, the church in Corinth, um, they were largely a Gentile church, but made up with just as many as the nation Israel. So back in those days... Um, they thought a Gentile Christian was something that was unusual. And today, if we actually find a, a Christian Jew, that would be unusual. So the church was predominantly Jewish back in the day. So Paul uh, may not be including 
the church in this statement that is made here. So the statement of all our fathers, he actually means the Israelites. And Paul happened to be one of them. So he said he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Verse 2 goes on to read, All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3, All ate the same spiritual food. Verse 4, all And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Verse 5, But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Okay, so this shows how far one can actually go still, but be a believer. And it shows to us what liberty these people had when they crossed the Red Sea. So the law had not been given yet at that this particular point. So as that, you know, at that particular time, they were not under law. So they had great liberty and they abused it. So privilege is no insurance against ultimate failure. So just because you're privileged, that doesn't mean, you know, you're going to actually be successful. It's not an insurance. You know, you fail. So these people were under the cloud. That is, they had guidance. They all went through the sea, that's the Red Sea, and it says they were all baptized unto Moses. So baptized means to identify. So the water baptism speaks of identification with Christ. So we are buried with him by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he identifies us with the body of Christ. He takes us and puts us in as, you know, a member by one spirit. Are we all baptized into one body? So how were these children of Israel, how were they baptized onto Moses? So Moses didn't have a baptism service. So they actually went over on dry ground. Even the sand was dry. That's when they went across the Red Sea, when the sea was parted. So being baptized unto Moses means they were identified with Moses. Just like when we were baptized with the water baptism, we are identifying with Christianity, with the church. And then when we were baptized with the Holy Spirit because he died for us and sent, he died for our sins and sent us the Holy Spirit, well, we, so um, he actually takes us and puts us as his member. So we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we are buried with him by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So they, um, these people were identified with Moses. And Hebrews 11 um, states, By faith they crossed the Red Sea. So the Egyptians tried to do the same and cross the Red Sea and they drowned. So the faith was not theirs. The, the faith. They had none of it. The faith was Moses' faith. So these children of Israel wanted to actually go back to Israel, to Egypt and were blaming Moses for bringing them out into the wilderness. So it was Moses' faith. It was Moses who smote the Red Sea. It was Moses' rod that opened up the 
those waters he drank from the rock and he led them across and when they came to the other side they sang the song of moses so they are now identified with moses this is the picture of our salvation today christ went through the waters of death and we are brought through his we actually we are bought through his death and identified with him we are identified to a living savior and are baptized into christ so the baptism of the holy spirit is when we trust christ we put we are put in christ water baptism actually illustrates this but this is you know a ritual so the real baptism is of the holy spirit not that water baptism we're not supposed to do it or it's bad or anything like that no it's okay to do water baptism because you identified with the body of christ um but the real baptism is actually the baptism of the holy spirit when we accept christ as our lord and personal savior so the children of Israel were baptized unto Moses and were able to cross the Red Sea. So they because they identified with Moses. So they all ate manna, the same spiritual food as scripture has stated. They drank from the rock. This was Christ. Um it sets him forth. So with most of them, God was not well pleased, as scripture says, because they were overthrown in the wilderness. So we are told why this is given to us. And in, um, let's see, verse 6, I read verse 6 says, Now these things became our example. So that's why these, this was given to us. So these things became our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So in verse 1 to 5 actually we see an illustration of the liberty that these people as a nation had so these people abused that liberty and um here paul makes application for us today and actually yeah this makes application for us today so it was written for us today and we should take note of this so these people had all the liberty, but still lusted over evil things. You know, lusted over the things, the, the condiments mostly. They missed the garlic and the chives and everything they missed actually was like either beneath the ground or grew on the ground. So these things they lusted for are um, mentioned in Numbers 11 verse 4. Let me just turn to the book of Numbers 11, verse 4, and it reads, Now they mixed, the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense cravings. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, We will give, or who will give us meat to eat? So there was manner, it was given to them, and they were lusting for the things of the world. Like if we make application today. So this was the beginning of their uh, defection. So their desire for the evil things. So desire leads to sin. The desire for things that are outside the will of God is what leads to sin. In the Garden of Eden, 
Eve saw that the fruit was the fruit would actually give her wisdom, so she desired it when God specifically told her not to you know partake of that fruit. Okay, scripture reads verse seven and do not become idolaters who were some as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So idolatry is anything that actually, that one puts in God's place in one's life. You know, it's made into application today. Look at it today. People idolize themselves. People idolize other people. You know, the celebrities, the athletes. People idolize their bodies. If you look at people who are like obsessed with like maybe the gym or they're just obsessed with makeup and things like that. People idolize money. People idolize their jobs. So there's so many things that people put in place of God because they're too busy to actually even just set aside a few minutes for God. Verse 8 goes on to read, Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. So the sin of these people, you know, they were committing sexual immorality. Verse 9 goes on to read, Nor let as tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. So the children of Israel were told to actually look away to that, you know, brazen serpent in order to be saved. So these people had continually complained against God. Verse 10 goes on to read, No complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. So this is an illustration of those who want things that are outside the will of God. So God always today has something good for us, but we constantly want, you know, the condiments. We constantly want something that is beyond the will of God, something that's not important. But we don't see that because we are very materialistic and um, covetous and, you know, we keep on desiring things that are outside the will of God. Verse 11 goes on to read, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So we are to, to learn a lesson from this, from these people. Those were an example. So our desire today is in the realm of God's will, and this is very important. That's where our desires should be. It should be within the will of God. Verse 12 goes on to read, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So no matter who you are today, you can fall. It's very, very easy to actually fall. So today... We all need to be very careful. We actually stay in the realm of the will of God. We um, of God where we are not quenching the spirit of God in our lives. So we find, you know, people who, you know, they preach the gospel. They're pastors and all, 
it's very easy to fall because we're just man and we always fall short of the glory of God. Verse 12, 13, sorry, goes on to read. Uh, actually, let me read verse 12 and 13. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he that fall. Uh, verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way to of escape that you may be able to bear it so no one has uh, ever had a temptation that others haven't had whatever we're going through someone else has been through it so the same kind of temptation god always makes a way even when we're tempted sometimes you know we pass through certain things so that we could just get back to God. So God always makes a way of escape for us. So God is faithful. He cannot give us something more than we can handle. So lots of believers fall in temptation today because they don't get very far as believers. They don't go on with God and fall out of God's will. You know, when they start, they start out great, but they just don't get far. They just still want to remain babes. Like Dr. J.V. McGee, I, this is like, I think, the second time I'm hearing him say the this cute little story. Like, there's this little girl. She fell out of her bed and she started crying, like, at night. So her mother went to her room and picked her up and asked her, how, how did you fall out of bed? And the little girl answered, I think I stayed too close from where I got in. So she didn't move further. And that's the carnal Christian today, we don't move further into developing that deep relationship with God. We just stay too close from where we got in from. And, you know, we we feel like, you know, we're passing through a lot of trials and tribulations and we fail to handle it. It's because we don't have that fellowship with God and that deeper, meaningful relationship with Him. We tend to focus on a lot of things around us, a lot of noise around us, and not just focus on God, because he is faithful. He will always come through for us. Okay, verse 14 goes on to read, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Verse 15, I speak as, a, I speak as to wise men, judge for yourself what I say. So idolatry was one of the th things then that um, was very prevalent. But today, um, it actually qualifies as covetousness. You know, people tend to just want and want and want. Even if they don't need. Verse 16 goes on to read, The cup of blessing which we bless is not the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break is not the communion of the, communion of the body of Christ. Sorry, let me just read that again. The cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Yeah. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So, um, and uh, so here, he is, we see Paul now. 
is moved into the realm of the Lord's Supper. And verse 17 goes on to read, For we, through, for we though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake in that one bread. Verse 18, observe Israel after the flesh are not those who eat of the sacrifice partakers of the altar. Verse 19, what am I saying then that an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything? So Paul is saying here that an idol is nothing. So if something is offered to an idol, it is nothing because an idol is nothing. It doesn't affect, you know, the meat at all. So it's nothing. Verse 20 goes on to read, Rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrificed, they sacrificed to demons and not to God. And I do not want to have fellowship with demons. So... You know, back of that sacrifice that the Gentiles were making to the idols was demonism. So you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot serve two masters. You have to pick one. For and I, I for some people to actually eat things sacrificed to idols uh, wouldn't be just this. And we need to actually recognize this. This is why... We ought to not offend others as we exercise our Christian liberty. If eating meat offends somebody, a brother, as a Christian, you're better off refraining from that if it's going to cause the other person to offend and to sin. Because to some people, eating, like in Corinth, eating meat that was actually offered to an idol, sacrifice for them, um, it wasn't just, you know, offering a sacrifice to thing For them, they took it like, you know, it actually meant something. So if, you know, where one's liberty begins, another's ends. So where my liberty ends is where someone else's liberty begins. So I ought to be mindful not to cause a brother to stumble with um, the way I... Um, conduct myself as a Christian, as a believer. Okay, verse 21 goes on to read, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Verse 22, Or do we provoke the Lord in jealousy? Are we stronger than he? So, we cannot serve two masters at once you cannot you know run with the world from monday to saturday and hang out with you know be a christian just on sundays you have to pick so whatever we um choose to actually pay attention to whatever we place with christ that's our little idol so we should always put christ First in our lives, for he is faithful and his mercies endure forever. Thank you all for listening in. I hope you enjoyed the study. God bless you all and have a good day. Bye bye.